started a, a series just a couple of weeks ago looking at what's probably the most well-known chapter, most well-known portion of Scripture. Now, we, we mentioned it's probably not the most well-known verse. That's probably John 3.16, for God's to love the world. But as far as a chapter, as far as a portion, and Psalm 23 is just six verses long, it is probably something that everybody has at least heard of. Now, if we were to uh, dig down deep and, and probably go through each of your homes or places of residence, now, we don't do that, but if we were, I would venture to say you might have, many of you might have a, a picture, a, a frame, an afghan, a, a throw. There's probably something somewhere in your house, maybe in a parent's house or a grandparent's house, that has something to do with Psalm 23. Very familiar scripture that starts out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. So we're entitling this the good shepherd. As we look portion by portion, literally verse by verse, uh, last time together was a little bit of a, an overview as we took a look at what are some some teachings, what are some guidelines, what are some principles that we can learn from the author? We're taking a look at David being the author of Psalm 23, as well as God himself in inspiring and, and equipping him to write that. So we, we took a little bit of a look at David's life. Most scholars would believe this was written towards the end of his life, perhaps as, as he's kind of reflecting back upon God being his good shepherd in a history or in a lifetime of living for him. So it's a, it's a very personal psalm because God is a personal God. And so if you're writing a, a title down or writing notes down, uh, then we're looking at a personal God. When we look at the good shepherd, we see that he is a personal God. So Verse 1 from Psalm 23 is on the scripture, and it's up on the screen. Thirteen times in six verses do we see David writing these words. He writes things like, the Lord, he, you, your. Many times he's referring to God himself. Many times as well, he's saying such things as I and me and, and my. So there's this I, and there's this you and your, and he, he's writing, David is writing this very personal psalm, this, this very personal relationship with God. And so this verse 1 is, is basically the, the foundation for all that follows it. It's about a, a very personal relationship with God. I'm excited about that. I'm thankful for that, because what we see is that he, the good shepherd, knows us, and he wants us to know him. And so as we take a look at Psalm 23, and we're literally going to get into verse 1 this morning, we're going to see that the good shepherd, our heavenly father, is a personal God. So verse 1, this is the, the very familiar uh, King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, on the screen. In NIV, maybe you have an NIV Bible or you have that in your phone or your tablet. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I lack 
nothing when the Lord is my shepherd. New Living Translation would put it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. All that I need. And then a very modern paraphrase. Eugene Peterson wrote the message as a pastor writing it primarily for his church and then uh, finishing out the entire Bible. He wrote it in maybe more of a modern paraphrase, and he says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. So as we begin this psalm, we're taking a look at God being a personal God, and we're taking a look at a number of actions you and I ought to take. Because God is a personal God, what should we do? Because he desires this relationship with us, how should we respond? How should we react? We're going to find three actions from verse 1. First of all, we must make a decision. Just take a look at those first four words. David writes, the Lord is my, my shepherd. The Lord is my. David here, he is making a decision about who God is and the fact that he's his shepherd. It's a decision he makes, but guess what? It's a decision that you and I must make as well. When it comes to who is in charge, who is the leader, who is the shepherd, who is the one that we seek and follow and trust, you and I must make a choice. We must make a decision. David made that decision. Now, in today's day and age and culture, there are people that are finding and following and seeking after all kinds of people, all kinds of things. You've seen it, right? The individual who seeks and follows after career. Certainly, I will be fulfilled in career or money, possessions. I will be fulfilled if I have more stuff. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's relationships. In some cases, they've sought it in other things. Alcohol, drugs, sex. But this this culture is seeking fulfillment in all kinds of things and in all kinds of people, and they've made decisions that this is what's most important. As we begin Psalm 23, we see David's making a decision, and he's choosing to serve God. So let's start out. We'll, we'll kind of take a look at verse by verse and kind of a, a look word by word as we go through what David's talking about. He begins to speak about the Lord. That is the very personal name and phrase used for the Lord. Now, you and I, we have different names. Now, some people might call me pastor. Some people might call me that preacher over there. There's one person who calls me husband or Marky, shh, only she can do that. Two very special girls call me dad or daddy. I mean, there, there's different names. Now, Now, if we were to take some time, I'm taking a look out in the sanctuary, and I see some of you have got some nicknames. Now, I won't necessarily go there, but you, you can think about who you are, right? So when people talk about you, how do they call you? 
Your, your given name on your birth certificate, the, the Mr. or Mrs., or, or maybe they, they know you well enough that they can kind of use that, that term of endearment, whatever that nickname is. Now, in much the same way, there are a lot of different names for God, and, and you see things as you read through the Word of God. There's the word for God or Elohim. That's not the one that's used here. Elohim, perhaps in this instance, it might have referred to a little bit more of that impersonal, out there kind of God. That's, that's not what David was trying to convey or to communicate. He didn't choose to use that particular wording or name or title. He didn't use the word Adonai or master, implying more of that, that servant relationship of serving him. But he uses that very personal name, the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. Individuals would, would literally not want to speak that name. It was such a powerful, personal name of God. The Jews would, would try to substitute this other name. It's the, the name in Exodus where God speaks and he says, I am that I am. God's speaking to Moses, and, and Moses is saying, well, you're speaking to me, but what if these people don't know that you're speaking to me? What do I tell those people? He says, tell them I am that I am has sent me. Hmm. And, and that name, that I am that I am, that, that Yahweh, that Jehovah, that's a personal powerful name and that's what David is using here there's a lot of different things he could have chosen David specifies the personal and powerful name he says that's the one the Lord that's the one that's my shepherd it's a personal relationship and he's saying listen you and I we can get close to this God this is the God who knows and loves and cares about you and me Sometimes people get the, the thought or people get the feeling that God is kind of up there and I'm down here. He does his thing, I do mine, and we just kind of leave it there. David's saying, listen, this is a, a personal, this is a powerful God. And it's the one that I'm making the choice, I'm making the decision to honor and to serve him. He says, that's the Lord. That's the God that I'm talking about. Not a God that's just up there, out there, over there. A God who knows me and cares about me and understands me. He desires a personal relationship with me. That's the one I'm talking about. That's the, the one he says when he mentions the Lord. But he says the Lord is my shepherd. That's a, a good statement, right? Because we're, we're not needing to live on past experiences. Now, David being the shepherd, he'd seen the faithfulness of God. But he didn't say, the Lord was my shepherd. He said, the Lord is. When it comes to God, he's in the present, he's in the here, he's in the now. God is able to meet your need Right here, right now, the Lord is. Sometimes we wonder, is God there for me? I'm facing difficulties. We saw hands lifted across this place for, for needs. 
We'd shared uh, uh, various numbers of, uh, of specific things that had just taken place literally in the last 24 hours. I say, does God care about me? Yes. Not only has he been my shepherd, he is my shepherd. David says, it's present, it's current, it's going on. I've made the decision, and he is still God right here, right now. The Lord is. It's not just, well, he did a few good things in the past. I hope that we can look at our lives, uh, whether you look at your personal life, you look at your, your family life, and, and I hope we can look and say, God has been faithful, and God is good, but it's not just, well, I remember a couple years ago. Or I, I remember the, the, there's that phrase, the, the good old days. I remember way back when, when God was good. Listen, yes, God was, but God still is. And David's writing, this decision, I've made him my shepherd. He, he desires this personal relationship with me. The Lord is, not just in the past, he is. Not just somewhere down the road in the future. Maybe you've said that yourself. One day, someday, later on in life, maybe I will settle down and maybe then I'll give my life to the Lord. David's not writing saying, someday, one day, he will be my shepherd. Now, he said the Lord is. He's, he's choosing his words carefully. The Lord, the powerful, personal Jehovah, I am that I am. This, this God that wants a relationship, that's the one he's talking about. He said the Lord is. He's desiring that relationship right here, right now, in our heart and in our life. But what's key is he says the Lord is my. The Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't just say, well, you know what? As I, I'm writing this in, incredible psalm, and, and I hope it, boy, it would look good on a, on a frame sometime down the road. He doesn't say, the Lord is a good shepherd. He's not just pointing to one of many good individuals, one of many gods, one of many leaders. He's not saying the Lord is a shepherd. He's not saying, well, the Lord is, well, he's the shepherd. There's a priority for him, but it's not really that personal. You just call him the shepherd. David didn't write, the Lord is our shepherd. I mean, that, that's kind of good too. When we say the Lord is our shepherd, it's kind of like, well, we all kind of share him. David made it personal. The Lord is my. He's my shepherd. I've made the choice. I've made the decision. I have placed him in my life as shepherd. It's the act of faith. We say, the Lord is my shepherd. We look up to him, we say, God, you are my shepherd. As we make that choice, as we make that decision, it's as if he looks at us and he calls us my sheep. There's that, that personal connection, that personal relationship with God. I'm thankful he's a personal God. He's not some impersonal God, some impersonal force. He's a mighty and a powerful and a personal God. 
He knows us and desires that we would know him. But it's a a decision. Maybe you've had in different points and times in your life opportunities with parents or grandparents or friends, individuals who knew God. And maybe your thought was, I'm good because of them. There's there's thoughts like that. Man, mom went to church enough for all of us. Grandma prayed enough for all of us. I mean, I'm good. I don't have to go the rest of my life. Grandma went there for me. Sometimes there's kind of that thought. And if you had a grandma or a grandpa or a mom or a dad like that, awesome. But guess what? You and I, we have a choice. We've got to make a decision. David doesn't say, because God's been good to family, he must be our shepherd. David made it personal. God wanted a relationship with him, and David responded. He made a decision. He said, the Lord, this powerful, personal God who knows everything about me, I'm making the decision. I'm placing him into my life. The Lord is my, my shepherd, my leader. So in response to this first verse, in response to this opening portion of Psalm 23, What must we do? What kind of action must we take? You and I must make a decision. We've got that opportunity. I can't make it for you. I'd love to. I'd love to encourage every single one, but I can't make anybody choose to serve God. I can't make anyone follow God. David made that decision. You and I must make a decision. Secondly, along with making a decision, we must then surrender to God. Because here's what David said. He said, the Lord is my, and then there's that interesting word. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. It's this statement of surrender, the statement of submission. David himself was a shepherd. If you remember some of the early places where we find David, and we covered a a little bit of that last time. Samuel the prophet came to anoint the next king. It was going to be one of the sons of Jesse. He shows up. He sees the oldest son. He, He looks, well, he just looks like a king. It must be him. God spoke to his heart. It's not him. It's not him. He went one by one through all of Jesse's sons. He said, well, do you have any others? God said it would be one of your sons. The father, Jesse, says, well, yeah, I've got got one more. He's the youngest. He's kind of the runt. He's out in the fields with the sheep. David was a shepherd. Now, I've never been a shepherd. I know that's shocking news to all of you. I just feel my, my, my duty to confess here this morning. So I've never been a shepherd. But I would imagine a shepherd with his sheep would tend to be the one to lead and guide and direct the sheep. 
The shepherd does not wait for the sheep to dictate to him what needs to be done. The shepherd oversees his sheep and his situation, and he is the one in control. So David had spent much time in the fields as a shepherd overseeing, guiding, loving, caring, protecting, providing for his sheep. But David didn't say, I'm kind of like the Lord here. We're both shepherds. David the shepherd said, the Lord is my shepherd. All right, I'm going I'm to ask you to think. This, this is, I know this, is, this could be explosive. If David says that the Lord is his shepherd, what does that make David? His sheep. So David, this lifetime shepherd, basically says, I'm good enough to be a sheep. It means he's been surrendering. He made the decision, I'm going to choose, I'm going to follow after God, I'm surrendering, I'm submitting, I'm, I'm releasing all control to him. I'm used to being in control. I oversaw my flock, I oversaw my sheep, I did everything for them, but now he writes and he pens these incredible words, the Lord is my shepherd. It's about surrender it's about releasing control. I've experienced just a, a little bit of that in, in the last few weeks. Uh, our girls are growing up. You, you see they're, they're getting older. You see that they're getting taller. And just in the last couple of weeks, I have surrendered. I have, I have released control of the keys to the mower to Autumn. <laughs> Not the car now. Don't get her that old yet. Autumn's had this desire. She wants to help mow the lawn. Can I get an amen? Okay. And so, you know, I said, okay, let's kind of show you how to do that. And she loved driving the, the riding lawnmower. I know some of the feelings as, as right around that age, I, I started to drive. That was like the four wheels that I could drive, Right? Some of you that maybe emoji, you kind of remember that, that feeling of freedom, right? With like one and a quarter horsepower just growling underneath of you, revving that engine up there, right? Rocking out at like two miles an hour. But we, we kind of went through and kind of you know, showed her and, and, and taught her a little bit. And, and this last time, I got out the push mower and trimmed and let her turn the key. And, and she was riding the riding mower. Now, the illustration's a little bit upside down or opposite because in my case, I'm the one that has years, decades of driving, riding, lawn mowing experience and I'm submitting and surrendering to her. This isn't what David was saying. David wasn't saying, I'm submitting to God, you know, because I'm the, I'm the shepherd that's I've been out in the fields for years and years and years, so I'm going to somehow turn over the keys to this spiritual 12-year-old. No, it's the exact opposite. David's saying, I'm surrendering. I'm submitting. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the leader. He oversees everything about me. Surrender. We're not real keen on that. 
We're not real keen on surrendering and submitting underneath of to the authority of someone else. That's what David was saying. Though he had expertise, though he had plenty of experience, he was submitting and surrendering as a sheep underneath the care of this loving, caring, heavenly, personal God as the shepherd. See, if you and I are sheep, then we understand sheep have a hard time providing for themselves. I mean, when's the last time you saw a sheep working at McDonald's? Just doesn't happen, right? Sheep struggle to take care of themselves. In fact, it's been said that unless the shepherd makes them move, guides them into another pasture, they will actually ruin a pasture. They just eat and eat and eat every blade of grass until this fertile plain is nothing but dirty soil. So they're not real skilled at taking care of themselves. Sound like any of us we might know? Sometimes we can struggle taking care of ourselves. We've got to trust, depend, submit, surrender to him as the shepherd. Sheep are easily frightened. I mean, it's been said that even a, a jackrabbit could cause a stampede of a, a flock of sheep. We're not talking just a, a lion, a tiger, some massive animal. We're talking a, a jackrabbit. Boy, you get one going, the rest of them go, they can be easily frightened. Again, sound like some of us maybe. You and I, we face difficulties, we face struggles and troubles, and, and we can get down, discouraged, frightened. We need a shepherd to surrender and to submit to. Sheep have very little means of defense. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They don't have wings to fly away. They don't, they don't even have the, the nice little defense mechanism that that blue and white cat called skunk has. I mean, what do they do? They're big, puffy, and they go, bah. There's not much they can do to to arm themselves or to defend themselves. So they've got to surrender and to submit to their shepherd. It's the shepherd who oversees and looks after them. Sheep don't have a good sense of direction. They don't have the homing in instincts. You know, there's dogs and cats and, and birds and, and horses. How many of you have seen on the news different stories sometimes about the you know, a dog that got separated from its owners and, and somehow that dog went through miles and miles of the country or miles and miles of the city to get reunited with their owners. When's the last time you saw that story about a sheep? Not sure if I have. So they don't have a very good sense of direction. They rely on the shepherd. They surrender. They submit to him. So Sheep, basically, they need a shepherd. They've got to surrender. They've got to submit to the one who has oversight over them. That's what David's getting at for you and I. Not just that we make a decision for him, but that we 
surrender, we submit to him and to his leadership. I can't provide. I can get easily scared or frightened. I don't, I don't have the defense for every situation that comes. I've got to turn and trust and surrender to God, this powerful, personal, good shepherd. The reason that David could finish this verse and say, I shall not want, is because first he said, the Lord is my shepherd. It's about making him the shepherd. So the Lord can't be the shepherd until the shepherd has been placed as the Lord. Leadership, surrendering and submitting to him. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. All those things the shepherd that David as a shepherd did for his sheep, he's saying, that's what God does for me. As a shepherd, wow, God knows us. How incredible is that? Again, I'm not an actual sheep herding shepherd, but those who do, they know their sheep by name. How many of you have had a whole bunch of one particular animal? You have a bunch of chickens or you've had a, you've had a bunch of cats or a bunch of dogs. Maybe you've had some litters and, and you've got a whole bunch of animals for one reason or another at the home. Maybe a handful of you. From an outside in, there's been a, a couple times I, I visited people who've had a bunch and you come in and you get a little overwhelmed at all these kittens or all of these rabbits or all of these whatever. And you say, how in the world do you know them apart? Do you know what? They do because they know them. It's not just this one and that one and that one. They've all got special little names. Well, I call this one Fluffy because. And one by one, the shepherd, or one by one, the owner, or one by one, the, the person that oversees this, this flock, this group, this whatever, this bunch of animals. They know and they care about each and every one. From the outside in, we come in and we just see a whole bunch. I can't tell this sheep from that. I can't tell this kitty from that. A couple of these kind of look the same, but, but then they moved around on me, and now I, the one that I thought was over here, I'm not sure where he's at. Much the same way, God's our Heavenly Father. He sees you, He sees you, He sees you, He sees me. God knows us. We surrender, we submit to him. He knows us as the shepherd. He loves us. Jesus in, in the New Testament says that he is the good shepherd. The Lord would give his life. He surrenders, he, he sacrifices, he loves his sheep. We are his sheep. As a shepherd, he provides for us. You've got little kitty cats or you've got little Rabbits, whatever animals you have, you've got to take care of them. They don't go out and get a job. They're, they're not able to, to pour that food from the box or bag by themselves and grab that water bucket to up here to the sink or the spigot. They need help. They need assistance. It's the shepherd that provides and in our walk, in our relationship with God, he is the shepherd. He provides. He protects. He feeds. He guides. He directs. He sacrifices. So David's saying, listen, 
Because God is a loving and a caring and a powerful and a personal God, we've got to make a decision for Him. Make Him ours. The Lord is my. But my what? My shepherd. I must surrender. I must submit to His power, to His leadership, to His authority. Third and finally this morning, What's the action that we must take as we take a look at verse 1? Not just to make a decision, not just to surrender to Him, but thirdly, depend upon God. Depend upon God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want. I can trust, I can depend upon God. It's only when we've made that first part of the verse that we can say the last part of the verse. It's only when we say that the Lord is my shepherd, I've made that decision, I've surrendered, I've submitted to him, can we then say, because of that, man, I trust, I depend. Uh, There's nothing I, I need or want that he doesn't provide. That's what the rest of this chapter, the rest of this psalm talks about. When we place him as our shepherd, we're then able to find ourselves in peaceful and quiet pastures. Peace and provision and protection. All of the things of these following verses come as we make that decision to make him our shepherd. He's strong enough. He's able to guide us and direct us and protect us from all the things that we face. He's bigger than any obstacle that tries to scare me, even that giant jackrabbit. He's got my fluffy back as a sheep. I can trust in him. I can count on him. I can depend upon him. I'm saying, God, I trust you. I'm admitting I'm a sheep. I'm admitting I need help. I'm admitting I need that shepherd to guide and to oversee meet my needs, to take care of me, to know what I need, when I need it, how I need it. I'm trusting him to know where the guidance and direction and nourishment and provision comes from. I'm guiding and and trusting him to protect. As a sheep, I'm not strong enough to face the issues that I face. I depend upon him as the good shepherd. I'm content letting him be my shepherd as I am his sheep. In his book, I Shall Not Want, Robert Ketchum tells about a Sunday school teacher who asked her group of children if any of them could quote the entire 23rd Psalm. Made me think of you, Sister Charlotte. Maybe uh, along the years, maybe you had something like this as you're teaching about God's Word and teaching about Psalm 23. Maybe you taught about it over a number of weeks, and so uh, you're, you're trying to learn and trying to memorize, and so asking some of these young children, does anybody know the whole 23rd Psalm? And anticipating that probably nobody would, she scanned the room kind of quickly. But a small little girl about five years old, raised her hand and said, yes, I can quote the whole 23rd Psalm. So a bit skeptical, this this Sunday school teacher kind of turned the floor over to this little girl and asked if 
She really could do that. She, she stepped forward to the front of the class and kind of cleared her throat and kind of you know, looked around and trying to figure and remember how to start. Then she made a little bow and she said, the Lord is my shepherd. And she paused, she looked around and she said, and that's all I want. She gave a little bow and she went right back to her seat. Now, technically, I think we could say she might have missed a little bit. There's a, there's a handful of verses, there's a, there's a handful, a pretty good chunk of that passage that she technically did not quote. But if we're being honest as well, I would say she's got the heart of the issue right. It's no doubt the heart of what David was getting at when he wrote that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, and if he's my shepherd, that's all that I need. That's all that I want. She's right on in, in her quote. See, the things of this world, we think we're going to satisfy us. But there's this word that, that keeps coming back to each and every one of us at some point in time. And it's not just the kids, right? There's this word called M-O-R-E. And we can chuckle as we see little kids who want more and more and more. More toys. More desserts. As they get older, more video games. More this, more that. Into young adulthood and into adulthood. Pretty soon it's more and bigger adult toys and electronics and gadgets and this and of that. And, and we always feel like if we only get this, I'll be happy and satisfied. And so we get this. Pretty soon after having this, this isn't quite as happy and fulfilling as exciting as this over here. So we take this and set it aside. Now we focus on the new this, more this. And David's writing, he's saying, listen, when the Lord is our shepherd, when we've made that decision, we've chosen to follow him, we surrender and we submit to him, we can trust, we can depend upon him for the things that we struggle with or wrestle with or face in our lives. And as the little girl said, that's that's really all I. We struggle, we wrestle with always craving and satisfying and desiring more. True satisfaction comes as we trust in the shepherd. Now, it doesn't mean that if the Lord is our shepherd, if we've given our life to him, I will have absolutely everything that I want. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Sign me up for that one, Pastor Mark. It doesn't mean that if the Lord is our shepherd and we've made that decision and we've surrendered to him, he is now our genie. He is now our Santa Claus. If I put it on the list, he'll check it twice and give it to me. That's not what David's saying. It's not saying, I'll have everything I could ever wish for or want for. David says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want doesn't necessarily mean we'll have everything we want. It means we'll not want for anything we 
need. He'll take care of us. He'll provide, protect, and guide, oversee. When he's the shepherd, you can trust him. You can count on him. You can depend upon him. He meets our needs. External needs, internal needs, eternal forever kind of needs. He meets those. So we, we read chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What are the actions that I believe David looks to you and David looks to me and says, here's what we ought to do. Number one, make a decision for him. It's your choice and it's my choice. David saying, I've made the choice, will you? Second, surrender to him. Not just put him first, but then wrestle back control. Make the decision to seek and to follow and follow it up with complete surrender. God, I submit my life to you. And then finally, gotta depend upon him. Know that you can count on him. Know that you can trust him. Know that you can depend upon him. He will not let you down. Every single one of us, at some point in time, guaranteed, we've been let down. It doesn't matter by who. Sometimes the people you know the best, unfortunately, can be the ones to let you down. We've all experienced it done to us, being let down. I venture to say, unfortunately, we've, all, we've also done the letting of somebody down, not with God. We can trust and count and depend upon him. So make that decision, surrender to him, and then depend upon him. <music> 